Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Good Tuesday morning to you uh, and, and we long overdue our summer. Summer is meant to be the, the start of June. First of June is meant to be officially the start of summer. We start much of it at the moment and by all accounts we will be battered by some strong winds and rain later on in the week. It's the remnants of a tropical storm. It's Storm Alex and it's expected to arrive on our shores by Thursday evening and that, that will lead to a week of warm but unpredictable weather on the cards. Heavy showers, wind, chance of a few isolated thunderstorms. And this storm, Alex, it's actually the first named storm of the hurricane season. It formed in the Atlantic over the weekend. It's caused some flooding in South Florida and at the moment it's causing havoc in Bermuda with heavy rain and damaging winds. But then it's starting to clear away from Bermuda and then it will move across the Atlantic and obviously reach our shores by Thursday. Mess Airdner saying Thursday evening will be quite windy with outbreaks of rain arriving in the west. Uh, it won't be reaching storm force but it will be unseasonally breezy they tell us for this time of year. So that's what we have to look forward to next Thursday. Very good morning as we welcome you along to the programme. John Paul taking your calls at 0818103103 and my thanks to John Paul for sitting in covering the programme all across last week while I was away on the holidays and I had a fantastic week away. We were back again in Ibiza, a place we absolutely love and it was just great to wake up every morning to clear blue skies and mid to high 20s on the temperatures. Ah, It was just gorgeous and you kind of, it was the one thing I was thinking, the weather really affects your mood. Now I know you're on holidays and you're relaxing and you've got all of that thrown into it but definitely the weather does affect your mood. I was thinking if we had that this kind of weather all the time at home during the summer you'd never want to go away. I mean half the reason why we go away is to make sure that we're guaranteed a little bit of a sunshine. But just and I've already seen a text in saying Patricia did you travel in and out of Dublin Airport and I did travel in and out of Dublin Airport. That wouldn't have been my first choice of travel. I'm a big big fan of Cork Airport but unfortunately they don't fly to Ibiza. Didn't have any choice. Had to hike it up to Dublin and the usual early morning flight so it means going to Dublin the night before staying in a hotel then making your way out to the airport and the nervousness at the moment of making your way out to the airport with everything that is going on now I happened to we flew out on last Saturday week which was the day before 
the airport really got bad on the Sunday when the 1,400 people missed their flights. But you could already see on the Saturday morning, we had to be at the airport two and a half hours before our flight. We had a quarter to nine flight. So we arrived at the airport at quarter past six in the morning. And at that stage on the Saturday, they were starting to queue people outside. Now, the one thing I will say about not just Dublin Airport, this happens at Cork and Channel. It happens at most airports around the world when you're travelling with somebody who is additional or special needs the staff there are absolutely fantastic at helping out so we always marshaled the last number of years wears the lanyard around her neck with the, the green lanyard with the sunflowers on it indicating that well it, it can also indicate a hidden disability not that Marsha's disabilities are hidden but she always pops her lanyard on when we're heading into the airport and straight away people are will come, staff will come and ask, are you OK? Can we help in any way? So when I saw that they were starting to queue outside the airport, I went to the door where you normally go in where they were stopping people, explained about that Martian would need assistance and there was no problem. We were allowed in. So we didn't have any problems with queuing and we didn't have any problems with queuing at uh, security. But I could see at security even that early in the morning the queues were really starting to build up. But it was when we got through security and into the where you're waiting, where the gates are, where you're waiting to board your plane, where all the shops are, the duty-free shops are, where all the cafes are, the bars. That was just mental, the amount of people that were there. It was very hard to get a seat. People were queuing for over half an hour to get a cup of coffee. And the knock-on effect of people arriving early, and I can understand why people arrive early because people are so fearful of missing a flight, but the knock-on effect is that people who normally would have gone into that area of the airport, maybe had their breakfast, they would have had an hour before they get on their plane and then they would be gone and the table becomes free for the next group of travellers coming. Along, what's happening now is because people are arriving three, four, and five hours before their flight, they have a lot of time to kill. So, therefore, there isn't the turnover of tables or seating area in that section of the airport. So, it was pretty chaotic to try to find a table. And then, when we did manage to find a table, there was nobody clearing cleaning tables. So, the tables were all full of the people who'd been sitting there before. So, it really was. Uh, not the most pleasant of experience for breakfast at Dublin Airport. But listen, we got away and we were OK. And of course, then on the Sunday, the day after, I was seeing on social media what was unfolding at Dublin Airport and so glad that we had gotten out the day before. But then coming back... Oh, and the only other thing about leaving from Dublin Airport, we were on a Ryanair uh, flight and as we were getting ready to board when we were all at the gate waiting to board, there was an announcement made that when you were coming up to board the plane, you had to have your face mask on. Now, I had checked before we left and would we need face masks for Spain? And I knew that once we got over there, we would need them because Spain still requires face masks on all public transport and in taxis. So I knew we were going to need them uh, for taxis. But I also checked and realised that countries that still have mandatory masks on public transport, you need to wear the mask when you're travelling on an airplane flying into that country. So I knew we would need our masks. The number of people at the gate who didn't have masks caused a bit of a panic because people were coming out of queues saying, I don't have a mask. They were running around the airport trying to buy masks. There was no masks available anywhere near the departing gates. And Ryanair was saying, we will refuse to allow you to board unless you have a mask. So you had people then going up and down the queue of people 
who were queuing to get onto the plane asking anybody spare masks, anybody spare masks. Now I must admit people were really good about you know opening up and they had extra disposable masks and people were very kindly giving them to people. But that just is a word of warning to anyone who is travelling that that rule is still in place. It's also in plain in place for France not sure about Italy but they're the kind of things we still need to check even though we almost feel like Covid is behind us here and the lifting of all of the restrictions they're still certain some of these restrictions are still in place in other countries so you just need to check that in advance Anyway, we got there. We had our masks. We were okay. We needed our masks every time we were in a taxi over there. That was all okay. And then we came back. They, we were required to wear the masks again, boarding the plane, leaving Spain. But I did notice on the flight back, most people just took their masks off. Whereas going out, we were all told to leave our masks on. So it was different coming back into this country because obviously we don't have those restrictions in place. But when we got back into Dublin airport, the arrivals section, the toilets were beyond disgusting. I can't tell you. There was, I mean, we got back um, in the early afternoon, about three o'clock, I think we touched down. I certainly don't think any of those toilets have been cleaned at any stage throughout the day. Some of the toilets were completely blocked with toilet paper. They weren't flushing. There was toilet paper all over the floor. There was rubbish all over the floor. And as I entered to go into the toilet with Marcia, there was Americans behind me and I was actually embarrassed thinking, oh my God, is this going to be the first view they get of beautiful Ireland? Disgusting toilets. That was really... And then when my husband came out of the men's, he said the smell of urine inside and the men's was almost making him start to gag. So when we queued then to get our bags, the other thing I noticed was the amount of luggage that was there. This obviously was luggage that didn't make it out on other flights. There was hundreds of pieces of luggage luggage dotted all around the arrivals. I checked near the conveyor belt where we were getting our bags and there was a lot of bags. I was trying to see the date where they'd come from. I couldn't work out where they'd come from but they were there since the 1st of June and that was the 4th of June and I did see on Twitter someone, some young woman who'd arrived from Canada she was five days in Ireland and her luggage still hadn't made it to her destination and she was going back to Canada in two days and she was wondering she was fearful that she was going to go back without her luggage and then the luggage would arrive at the place she was staying in in Ireland and she would already be gone. So there's a lot of work needs to be done in uh, Dublin Airport. There was a noticeable increase in the numbers of staff around the place in Dublin Airport. Certainly when we were leaving the terminal building to go back to the hotel to collect our car there was a lot of people directing traffic and a lot of people directing people where to go so there definitely was additional staff but they're still not up to the full complement of staff and it was good to see that members of Cork Airport went up to give them a bit of a dig out at the weekend but of course it all goes back to why oh why can we not have more flights out of Cork and what a pleasure it is to fly out of Cork Airport and how for and I was even trying to I was listening on the plane to different accents of people coming back well yes there was a proportion of people from Dublin I'd say if I'd walked up and down the plane and did a straw poll of and started surveying people where where have you travelled from where have you travelled from I would say 80% of people on the plane were from outside of Dublin people who would willingly have flown from an airport closer to them be that Shannon or be that for us here in uh, Cork 
Uh, it is, it's just, uh, and for, for everyone, there's a nervousness now around travelling if you have to fly out from the airport. So just tips, they say don't arrive too early, but there's a nervousness if you don't arrive, if you don't give yourself enough time, are you going to miss your flight? I certainly would be suggesting to people that you pack a picnic because you might not be guaranteed food when you get through or else you're going to have a lot of patience to queue up and then trying to find a seat. So I'd suggest if you're travelling with a family, pack, maybe bring your own sandwiches with you. It'll also save you a lot because obviously the money that they charge, those airport prices are absolutely ridiculous for what you actually get. 0818 103 103. And before I went away on holidays, one of the things we'd been talking a lot about was passports and people who were trying to get passports to go away on holidays. And I pick up the papers this morning in the front page of the Irish Times have a piece that politicians have blitzed the under pressure passport service with 12,200 queries on behalf of their constituents. And that's only been since the start of this year. TDs, of course, not their fault. They've been inundated with requests for assistance from constituents who are worried that their travel documents won't arrive in time for them to go away on a family holiday. Much of the late... The, the delays being experienced relate to people making a first passport application for children and that of course is obviously due to all of the extra security checks that need to be put in place. Now Simon Coveney seemingly last week announced changes to the process that are aimed at avoiding delays in incidents where passport officials have difficulty contacting individual Gardaí to verify the information and we know we discussed that on the programme that that has been a problem and that's been an ongoing problem not just in recent times. We highlighted that on the programme with Councillor Declan Hurley and we highlighted that earlier uh, certainly a couple of months ago. Now extra staff have been added to the passport service. It now has 900 workers and that's double the number that were employed this time uh, last summer but then this time last summer people weren't going going away. There wasn't an urgency or a need for passport uh, passports. More workers have been assigned to the dedicated helpline for politicians raising the constituency cases with the numbers going from 7 to 11 last week because seemingly some of the TDs were saying that every time they rang their dedicated phone line it was constantly engaged and they were getting annoyed by that. Now the Department of Foreign Affairs they say 5,600 passports over half a million have been issued so far this year and that's 90,000 more than was issued at the same point in 2019. 80% of applicants were renewals for adults and children and 99% of those are issued within the standard turnaround time which is up to 15 working days in the case of children and we constantly hear from people who had a standard renewal able to do it online saying within days they had the passport back but it's the other twin causing all of the problem. It's these first time applicants. They're currently taking 30 working days and the passport office is said to be focused on reducing the processing time further in the coming weeks. So hopefully light at the end of the tunnel for people waiting to get a passport. All this week, we're teaming up with Foot Solutions, who are proud to be celebrating 15 years in Cork. Free your feet, the rest will follow. And they've kindly given us €150 Foot Solutions gift card. And we're going to give one of those gift cards away every day this week. 
what will I do? A little bit later on, I will play you a 15 second audio from an event that happened sometime during the last 15 years. You have to guess what the event is and then we will be opening the text and the WhatsApps for your answer on 0862 103 103. So your chance today to win a 150 euro foot solutions gift card. Stay listening for that. And it was fantastic and it happened. I know while I was away, we gave away our trip to see Elton John twice and Ellen Kinsella was our winner on Friday. Congratulations to you, Ellen. I was listening to the promo that Nick has put together of the winning call and she sounded terribly excited. So fantastic. You're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time in Liverpool, going over to Anfield in Liverpool to see Elton on the 17th of June. And then, of course, on the 1st of July, you'll get to see him again in Porky Cueve. And stay listening for the next Big way to win. Coming soon here on C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Last week, one of the reasons cited for the higher cost of concert tickets in Ireland compared to other European countries was down to the cost of public liability insurance. So, to chat about a company that offers help to businesses and festival organisers when it comes to insurance premiums. I'm joined by co-founder of helpwithmybills.com and that's uh, Declan Ryan. Good morning to you, Declan. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. I suppose, a bit of background here, when and why did you decide to set up this company, helpwithmybills.com? Okay, about 10 years ago, um, I would have been involved in the pub business myself and and in the hospitality in different areas and um, insurance was coming into the fore at, at that stage in relation to the costs and, and, and that. So then I started speaking to like colleagues of myself, like in the, in the same business, and they were finding it desperate hard to get cover and the premiums were going up. So then we decided to put a group together called um, Business Insurance Reform Group. And we went from Donegal to West Cork, voluntary organisation, and we brought a motion to Dáil Éireann on the 28th of March, five years ago. Uh, through Michael Minehan, uh, okay. local to there. So, yeah. Bill and Michael McGrath. So, we got it through. Uh, they promised it us a lot. Um, there was a lot of lip talk. There was a lot of promises. Uh, we have regular meetings with, with, with Sean Fleming, then in fairness to him. He has done a lot. But the, the, the big problem we see from our side of it is there's just no competition. There's no competition whatsoever. So, basically, okay. if you're in, if you're going to the market for the hospitality, leisure, it's uh, festivals, you're just going to the one pot. Everybody has to go to one pot and they're charging what they like. So yeah, like, and because there's no competition, they know that they have a captive group. Yeah. There's, there's nothing yeah. that they, the business or the festival can do. If they want yeah. to get public liability covered, they'll have to go with this company. You, you just don't have any choices because there's no option there. Uh, like, as, as, and we're, we're seeing this more so now in the last six months. There's there's uh, there's one or two big companies in Ireland buying up all the smaller ones. Like like there's there's uh, there was insurance brokers up the country, Spellman's, Cooper Dawn. They've been bought up by consortiums and they're being bought out. So basically, they're, they're, the market's getting tighter. So the broker is 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 like getting small. The small brokers have no chance, you know, to to, to fight the war for 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 insurance, you know. So um, 
it's just competition. It's not there. The government have promised it on the 22nd of March that they were with the central bank that they were going to bring in the competition. But we haven't seen any any competition yet. None. But but through your company, helpwithmybills.com, are you managing to get savings for people? I am. I am. I, 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 it, it's a long process. It doesn't start two weeks to go. So like I, I, we always say like to people is to come along when you're looking at your insurance. People just need to understand what you're looking for. Like, if you're a good business and you don't have claims, why should your premium be going up? Mm. It shouldn't be. So basically, I had one on me last week. It was €42,000 for the last two, three years. It was close for two and a half years. Now it's paying uh, 87000 plus oh. 20000 excess. So, like, he had no claim. He just said it was just the market. Now... We went with one broker we, we, at, at the time. We didn't, we didn't shop. Then we went to another broker. It actually got worse. We got quotes for 120, 140. It was just ludicrous money. So, like, it's just like that in, in, in relation to that. And you, you mentioned there on your shoulder is the festivals. Yeah. So, like, people go into a festival. It's, it, it's, not, it's not the festival organizers. Like, they're paying out 80, 100,000 on average festival for insurance. So like, like, there was one on in Galway the weekend there, the Black Eyed Peas in Pierce Stadium. So basically, it, it comes in like 70, 80, 90,000. That's why people have to pay what they're paying going in. Like, they're giving out about the price of the tickets. It's just, like, and that's from 3 o'clock, sorry, 5 o'clock until 10 o'clock. It's not a full day. 5 o'clock, the gates opened, and it was close to 10 o'clock. That's the type of money that was Yeah, paid because I know uh, Peter Aiken, said, I, I thought, gave a stark example. He paid €65,000 for public liability insurance for the recent Ed Sheeran concerts in Cork. But the, yeah. the Ed Sheeran concert in Belfast, he only had to pay €1,500. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, how can any insurance company justify that difference? 65000 in, in one part of the island and 1,500 up north? Yes, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. In the UK, yeah, but Ireland is Ireland is a free roll. It's a free roll because I, 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 this is the reason. The reasons behind it is very simple. The judges and the barristers and the solicitors, they all get paid. So basically, if you have a claim for, like we just used the figure of 100,000, the, the 44% of that is going towards the barristers and the judges. Like the, the, the solicitors, sorry, the, the solicitors and the barristers. Like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a gravy train. It's, that's what it is. It's a gravy train. So like they went to court, they all know each other, they're all in cahoots and that's just the way it is. And if you ask me another question, I would say the judges need to go back to school and learn to be trained up and, and educate themselves. Well, on, I, 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 you know, saw, I saw a judge last week in the High Court who rejected, it, it was a woman who to the Personal Injuries uh, Board and yeah. she was said to be awarded €3,000. She didn't accept that. She thought her claim for, I think it was for a broken ankle, she thought her claim was worth 11 times more than that. And the judge said, no, the 3000 was adequate. I mean, well, do we need to see more of that. Yes, there is good changes after coming in, to be fair. The fraudulent unit is set up. So basically, that's basically set up. But it's not public. The book of quantum what is, it, is, is the payouts. So there's a guide there for the judges when they're paying out. So like a broken ankle in, uh, in, in the UK would be a max of 15, 15 sterling. In Ireland, you can go up to 80 or 90,000. You know, it's, it's, a big, it's a big difference. There's an awful difference between that. So that's what they're trying to create here is the level playing field for the for the insurance for the like it's 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 just it's not a fair 
it's not a fair, it's too many people taking the money at the top. And like even the person that's claiming, they're not getting all the money. It's, it's the barristers and the solicitors. It's going into that circle. It's coming out of their pocket. They're taking the money out of it. Like, so like. Well, it's, well it's, yeah, they'll say it's their job. Let's see. They're, yes, they're, yes, they're, well, they're in a business as well. But because yes. of this, uh, Declan, we are seeing businesses close. We're, yes. going, we're losing festivals. And yes. the, my fear always with, particularly with a festival and, and a small rural festival, if we lose those festivals, it's very hard to get them back up and running again. It is because most of them are run by committees and voluntary organisations, and uh, you know, like it's just like it's it's just it, it it sucks the blood out of it. And when you're charging people like it, like it used to be fivers and tenors, now it's twenty, twenty-five, thirty, because that's the cost that's involved in running these. And it's just like it's just it's it's horrendous. Like it's just very hard for businesses. It's it's not just the cost of insurance. Like they're expected to pay like. You know, you're just, like for the hospitality industry, they're caught in every corner. You have the Sky TV, you know, and the cost of energy. Everything is rolling up. So people are asking questions. Well, how are we paying so much for a, a pint or a, a sandwich or whatever the case may be? It's just, it's just not in it. It's just it's everything just not is. Uh, yeah, everything has gone yeah. up in price. Everything. And we haven't seen that. We haven't seen the blunt to this yet. It's starting to kick. And I notice I'm on the ground. I see it. It's starting to kick in. People are like, you know. They really are. They're closing. They're not able to put. They're not able to stay with it. They just can't afford to pay. It. And there's also a lot of vineyards going, or a lot of different places going without insurance because they just can't afford it. And that's really risky, you know. So, like the, the moral of the story is, if you have no claims, you're on a good show. How come your price is going up? Mm. It, mm. It, 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 you know, um, there's, there's like no Michael, justification for it. There's no justification for it. No. Now, to be fair, uh, Michael Mine has done a great job now with, with our group. Like. BIRG. So, like, he was very, uh, he's done a lot of work behind the scenes. He worked hard. Like, he's been very productive for us. He's given us all information. Now, last week they passed, uh, that's a big bill, the Judy Care Act. Yeah, yeah. That was passed last week. So, that's a big one now, to be fair, for, for, for everybody, for the walkers, for the volunteers, so like, the volunteers, from festivals, whatever. Like, that's a big. That's a big help because people have to be responsible for their yeah, own. Yeah, and, and also we as a society have to get away from this litigious view that so many people take that as soon as they fall, before they even call an ambulance, it's, oh, let's call the solicitor. How much is this worth to me? We, like, we were never like that before in this country. No, no. But they, they, they see, they're encouraging it as well, if that makes sense. Like, I was in a case three weeks ago in the High Court. So I went up to the High Court we left, but we didn't know what was there. The, 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 two, the two barristers had an arrangement made before we went up. The, arranged, the, the payout was made. So they, they, they had done a deal. Do you know? So they all got paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the client did not accept that. Okay, that, can, you, can you just explain then from, from a business point of view, listening to us this morning, if they contact your group, uh, helpwithmybusiness.com, talk me through how your service works. So basically, I, I, I'd want you'd want to, about two months out from your renewal date. That okay. would be the first way to get an honest try at it. So, like, we have to save your money. If we can't save your money, we just can't. So, like, if you have a good premium or good business, you have to shop around and you have to know where to shop around. So everybody in Ireland is affected by insurance. Everybody's paying insurance, whether it's car, house. I, I do a lot. It's all commercial insurance I would do now. I wouldn't be doing the house, but I'm making the point. You have to be two months in advance and put in a good presentation to the broker. 
this is my business, this is how I run it, and this is, I, I run a good show. So basically, let it be a festival, or let it be whatever, and have all the systems in that. The knowledge has to be in that, that stable. Like, a lot of, like, people renewing insurance on, on commercial businesses don't even see a visit from their broker. It's just a figure. They don't come out and ask them, what do you do here, what's in this, what, what you know, have you this system in, slips and drips, you know, first aids. Like, they don't ask, like, they don't come, they, they need to come and inspect the buildings and check that it's done right. But if you put your presentation right, it's very important to just put the right, the right message that you are trying, you are proactive, you have the right systems, and you have all that. So, like, you can go to one broker at a time. There's no point in hitting three brokers to one day because they're all going to the same market. It's like yeah. you go shopping in Tesco's, everybody's going in the same door. You know, like, yeah. that's basically, that's the big problem. Now, we have been promised that it was um, new competition coming in, but it hasn't arrived. And we were promised that last year as well. Sean Fleming said it, they were nearly there. To, so, like, there's nothing, I don't see anything... Uh, there's nothing there for the hospitality or the leisure or the festivals. There's nothing there from no, no. There's nothing there from, and it's all UK orientated. So we're paying into the lights of London. You know that's where it's going. It's flown out of Ireland. Something has to give. Out. Something has to give for sure. And it okay. Says, unfortunately, it's the customers that's getting hit yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's it. And, and it's, 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 it. There's no sense to the. Just keeps going on and on, but it's gone up and up and up with the last five years. Okay, and, and people people can contact you through helpwithmybills.com. Declan, okay. listen, pleasure talking to you. We'll speak Thank again. You. Thanks for that and Thank uh, thanks for joining much. us. Thank that you. is uh, Declan Ryan. Gary has contacted who's a businessman. He has uh, one or two claims against him at the moment. He says, as the businessman insurance in Ireland is making no money, as we have a legal system that allows people to make claims without any reports of themselves, if they make a claim, it does not cost the person anything. If we'd rule in this country in order to make a claim, you would have to pay to make that claim first. It's currently so easy to make a claim here, even if it's a fraudulent one, because if the person doesn't win anything, it won't cost them anything. And yet, if they do win, they can win uh, big. Uh, when you go to court, uh, Piab and then on Piab deciding the amount is just ridiculous as if they were to fight what they decide you then have to pay solicitors fees which would be higher than the amount you might pay out so it's the legal system is the problem says uh, Gary who's a businessman and that's the very same point that uh, Declan was making as well he's critical of the legal system in this country 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance as Kinsale now part of McCarthy the insurance group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, Thishak Michal Martin has warned that consumers face a new era of high energy prices because of Russia's war on Ukraine. This has been described as absolutely frightening by elderly rights activist Paddy O'Brien, who joins me this morning. Good morning, Chipaddy. Morning, Patricia. You're, you're welcome to the programme. Now, it's people on fixed incomes, like the elderly, who are most affected when ah. bills start to rise, isn't it? Because they're not in a position to earn any extra cash. No, that, that's the situation. The most vulnerable at the moment, in fact, the section of community would be uh, those people who live alone, just one single income, and then no private pension. 
Uh, they're, they're the people who are really, at the end of the ladder, who are really, really suffering. Now, having said, said that, I think the majority of elderly people are finding it difficult at this point in time. But um, over the, the last week, since Michal made that um, announcement last week from Boston saying that in 12 months what's going to happen, and the picture he painted was that oil could be 100% in increase in food stuff, etc. People are scared, they're nervous, they're full of anxiety for the future. And people know at the moment that I'm, uh, people I'm speaking to, them, they're full of anxiety. They are stimping with food at the currently, um, not having a decent three meals in, in the day. Right? They're, they're preparing for the big bill, for the for the big bills, and many of them, lots of them, um, are in a situation where they're now making a choice: do I have an adequate heat or adequate food? And I have heard recently on a television program, uh, Dr. Sean Haley, a CEO of the Justice Ireland, saying about the amount of elderly people currently who are actually on the 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 the, 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 the poverty line. But there are desperate, desperate, tough times ahead for the elderly. Very tough times. I mean, we've been told several ministers are saying. Um, no increase between now and October, and I think that's totally wrong. I think I know it wasn't the government's fault what has happened. It was caused by the, the we call it the Russian war. But I think the elderly, I think, should get better care and attention at this point in time. And I think we should have um, a once-in-many budget, but there should be an extension of the free fuel scheme. Fuel is of vital importance to elderly people, and the, the medical profession have been saying this for years and years and years. Heat is vital, and it's just unbelievable how, how many, how much fuel a person would burn in a week. I know in Cork City, many of the elderly people, I'm sure in rural Ireland as well, you have people that's part of their day lighting the, they're lighting the fire. It's a bit of comfort for them. And and and, and, and it's what, and it is accepted that older people feel the cold more than younger people do, and we haven't had any good decent weather so far this year. I mean, it is chilly at night. Exactly, and with the elderly, with the elderly I'm coming across, who I know down through the years, these are people. Some of them before their breakfast, they set a little fire. Mm. They would set a fire, and if, if an elderly person or elderly people at home they were living together, or just a one one person, they're sitting there. There's no walking around. They don't generate any heat in their body. They don't walk around the house. They don't walk around the house. They don't walk around. You no, know, and they're, they're indoors there, generating no heat whatsoever. And the only heat they're going to get is from the fire, which is now becoming very, very, very expensive. expensive. Yeah, and then some of them, Paddy, uh, bless their hearts, are living in older houses that are not ins- that are not insulated. So that's it. That's, that's exactly yeah. it. I said at another programme last week, the elderly people are living in houses very old, they're not insulated. And like where you have in, in, in the larger towns, I'm sure in Mallow as well, you have areas, and the large towns in North Cork, don't into Tipperary there, you have, in the large towns you have um, areas where there would be a concentration of elderly people. Mm. A lot of old houses that require a, a lot of of, of, of heating, and um, they, I, I, I'm, I'm meeting people now. They've just got over the COVID, but some of them did. They all didn't because it all has left an effect on them. I meet people today, and by speaking to them, I would know still listening to their voice, a voice that was once bubbly, a, a voice that was full of laughter. No, no, the voice is gone. But those people are 
down themselves and it was bad enough getting over being confined indoors for two for two almost two years. But now when they find out that okay, they've got to watch their pennies and that's the trigger. and I would have to say this as well, that when people would read the papers and they found out the salaries that people in Ireland are receiving, not just TDs alone, TDs and ministers, uh, people in high places in in Ireland, the, the money that people, like it's, as this with my mother said, it was absolutely sinful. Where at one end of the scale, you had people struggling, struggling, and at the top, then you had people, uh, hundreds of thousands per, per year. Yeah, well, I, I think they, remember uh, they... a lovely saying once when Pope, Pope John the Power II was speaking about poverty, and this saying always remembered. He said, Governments throughout the country must remember that the poor must take part in the feast as well not just eat crumbs from the table. Mm. And that's what he picked with at the moment. They can't afford it, they can't afford it. Okay, but, but on it, not that I'm not here to defend the government, but the government will say, look, we gave €200 Euro in the electricity uh, credit, they gave that to every household, and yeah. on the fuel allowance they gave an extra €100 Euro yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Are you simply saying to me this morning, Paddy, that's not enough? Far from enough. That's not even considered at the moment. We don't even talk about that. That's that's here. That's gone. That's like getting a Christmas card. No, no, that's gone. It's gone. It's, people are struggling. People are 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 struggling. They got they got five last October. They got five euro increase after two years. I've got far more. There's loads of money. The, the government has lots of money. Lots of money. No shortage of money. But I mean, the, the elderly are not the, uh, are not the recipients of, of this of this uh, gen- generosity. We call it. No, no. Um, I'm, I'm aware of that they, they got that, but that's only just pay, pay for one bill only, and that's all. That's all gone. And now. of course, there was criticism of the 200 euro electricity credit. The fact that everybody, whether you were a pauper or Actually, a prince, well, everybody, everybody, everybody got the money. But uh, but also, Paddy, I saw uh, Dan Murray of the. The Sick Poor Society, it's one of Cork City's oldest charities, telling people to get in touch if they're experiencing a hardship. Do you find that some older people find it very difficult to reach out to a charity to say, I need help? Um, elderly people are very proud yeah. whether they're rich or poor. And if it upset them and saddened them if they found they had to go to a charitable organisation but um, for money, there's a certain stigma. There are two big organizations in Cork. One is the Sick Poor, and the other is the Seven Cindy Paul. But can I just make, can I be just be one, a bit, make one bit of criticism about that statement that Mr. Murray gave? I realized when I read that catcher to, to um, contact him about fuel vouchers, about food packages, etc., etc. Right. And uh, I said, okay. So I was on to people, and I said, I'll get on to the sick poor for you. I looked up the telephone directory, and uh, no sick poor in the telephone directory. I looked up St. Vincent de Paul, the biggest charitable organization in the country, St. Vincent de Paul. Their head office is in Toxie Street in Cork. I, they used to be. No telephone. People don't know who to contact. These charities, yeah, that they, yeah, they need to. Know yeah. Well, I, I know, I know. Usually, with Saint Vincent de Paul, if you go into the back of any church, 
there was always signs there telling people how they could contact their local St Vincent de Paul well, because yeah, there's uh, local uh, uh, St Vincent de Paul branches all over the city and county. That used to be the definite and the only way to see them now and then again we're making a, a church collection. Okay, but, um, so, so I, your, your, your point is those charities need to reach out more and let people know that they are available. All right, okay, I'm going to have to leave it there Paddy. We will uh, we will speak again but in the meantime thank you for that thank and you uh, th- thank you. Okay. Thanks for joining us. That is LGD rights activist uh, Paddy O'Brien. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Join Cork's More Music Breakfast with Ken Tobin on C103 for your chance to win with Forever Young Festival July 15th to 17th. See the biggest 80s bands in the world this summer, including Marty Pello, Holly Johnson, Paul Young, the Boomtown Rats, and loads more. For tickets, see foreveryoungfestival.ie. And we're giving you the chance of winning two Lux camping tickets plus VIP weekend tickets. VIP weekend tickets. For every young festival, July 15th to 17th, Palmerstown House Estate, Nace, County Kildare, with C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103's exclusive online station, the Back Garden Festival, is back with us again this year. We're streaming the biggest hits from this year's headline acts. It's with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. And you can listen on our app or go to c103.ie. 0818103103. John Paul taking your calls. Catherine in Mitchellstown was on to John Paul uh, earlier and has asked us to give a mention to something that happened to her yesterday and she wants to send a big thank you out to a very kind gentleman. She was leaving Carrigaline on Saturday and she was just beyond the Shannon Park roundabout when lo and behold it flashed up on the screen of her car that she had a low uh, a, a, a flat battery or a, a flat tyre, a low tyre pressure was low in her tyre so she pulled into the next petrol station and as she pulled into the next petrol station there happened to be an AA van parked there so she got out of her car and she went up to the window of the AA van, knocked on it and the gentleman there says what can I do for you and she said I have this device to pump my tyre and I don't know how to use it and could you help me out uh, please and he said no problem at all so he went over to her car, took a look at it and at this stage, the tyre was completely flat. It wasn't just low in pressure. It was completely flat. He took a look at it and it turned out there was a house key stuck in the tyre. Now, he managed to sort the tyre out for her and Catherine was able to drive back to her house in uh, Mitchellstown. But she wants to say a big thank you to the gentleman in the a van. His name was Paul. We don't have a surname on him. But she says he was from Yall. So Paul from Yall, who works for AA, a big thank you for doing what he did in helping out Catherine from Mitchellstown. Well done. It's good to see that there are nice, honourable, decent guys out there who will help out a damsel in distress, as our Kathleen found herself in on uh, Saturday. Now, we were talking about the cost of uh, insurance and the cost of uh, energy in the last hour. That prompted Don to contact us to say, Patricia, did you realise that commercial premises like pubs, shops, any kind of a business did not receive the €200 electricity credit. Yet, people who have a holiday home did. It's a disgrace, says Don. And I didn't realise that. I thought everyone who had 
any kind of an electricity meter. I thought everybody got that €200 Euro credit to offset the rising cost in electricity. So I wasn't aware of that. And you are right. Technically, a holiday, people who have a holiday home, as and that would be a second home, they received the credit on the double because they got it from the house they were living in, but they also got it from their holiday home. And some of those holiday homes are businesses, Don, in that many people rent out holiday homes as well. So it seems a little bit unfair. Thank you for your call. Tom in Middleton was on to say about energy companies and the cost of electricity rising all the time. Tom is wondering and questioning why the energy companies are still making profit while you know, they're saying the costs are uh, rising and that they the costs have to be passed on to the consumer and they are passing it on to the consumer. Yet these companies are still making huge uh, profits if they're struggling, if they're struggling, if they're struggling that badly, how come their profits are so high? This must be questioned. Tom fears that somebody somewhere is making money out of the crisis that's going on at the moment. And Eleanor in Carrigaline has been chatting to friends when we were talking about the cost of of insurance for festivals and agricultural shows and, you know, village fates and things like that. All of the organisers behind that are having crippling costs when it comes to their insurance. Eleanor says, chatting to friends, she feels the high cost of entry to many of these festivals and shows are actually putting people off going. And then when people get inside the shows, if you want to buy anything in there, everything has gone up in price. She feels that they are pricing people out and the people are not attending. And in their defence, Eleanor, they're not putting up the price prices in order to make money. I mean, any of the festivals or field events that are happening, they are literally doing it just to cover their costs. Very, very few of those festivals make any profit at the end and if they do whatever small bit of profit they make goes into the next festival and then you know what's on sale inside are probably small businesses operating I don't know food trucks coffee trucks things like that again costs are rising for absolutely everything the cost of doing business now is just gone so high and people at the end of the day are in it to try and make certainly people are in it from a commercial point of view are in it to try to even make a wage at the end of the week so I don't think that they're putting it up just for the sake of it but you are right like this is where everybody's starting to feel the pinch because absolutely everything has gone up in price thank you for your call to 0818103103 I was chatting about my trip away last uh, week and and travelling to uh, Ibiza which obviously is part of Spain that led Mary to say Patricia did you need the travel locator forms for Spain I didn't when I was there at Easter I did I had to fill in the locator form online and then I got a QR code and, and all of that to my phone that's gone now you do need to bring your COVID cert with you was I asked for my COVID cert I wasn't but when I went to check in online to get my boarding pass they asked me for my COVID certificates so they would know from my boarding pass that I did have an updated uh, COVID uh, certificate. But I have heard of other people who were asked at the airport when they arrived in Spain, they had to present their COVID search. But know that the travel locator forms that were operating up to, certainly up to about five weeks ago, uh, seem to be gone at the moment. And then when I was mentioning about on the Ryanair flight, everybody had to wear a mask and it was only at the boarding gate you were told this and you were it was being clearly stated 
that you would be refused boarding unless you had a mask with you and there was the panic at the airport because there was no masks to be bought anywhere near the gate and the people were frantically running around asking other passengers if they had a spare mask that they could give people instead. Uh, Paula has contacted us. She was on a TUI flight from Cork to Spain and masks weren't required on the TUI flight. So I take it now from that it depends on the airline that you're travelling with. So it's just another thing you need to check if you are travelling this summer that's just an additional thing. Check with your airline to see are they is it mandatory for you to wear masks or not. And again in another few weeks all of this could change again. So I think wherever you're travelling to about a week out from head into the airport or travelling anywhere you just need to find out what are the rules and the regulations and the restrictions both for the airline you're travelling with and the country in which you are travelling to. And then John is in Blackpool and he was on to say, Patricia, could you clarify this for me? A listener a few weeks ago on your programme said that they had to pay for a dressing. Her doctor didn't supply the dressings for free. I am now in the same position. Do you know, will I have to pay for my dressing? Uh, I am an old age pensioner on a medical card. I think what you're going to have to do, John, is you're going to have to contact your doctor because dressings, Not all dressings are available to patients on the medical card scheme, but certain dressings are provided as a reimbursement scheme that I think that the GPs uh, can use. So it depends on the dressing. So what I would suggest to you, rather than get a shock when you turn up at the GP practice and you're having a dressing changed and then you discover that there's a charge uh, involved, I I would put a call through, uh, ring one of the friendly staff at the GP surgery and find out about your particular dressing and if you do have to pay, how much is it going to be? Check in advance. 0818103103 and lovely to see a picture on the paper today of the statue honouring the late founder of the Cork Cancer Research Centre, Professor Jerry O'Sullivan. It, uh, the statue was unveiled by the West Cork uh, community. The statue was officially unveiled in the Professor Jerry O'Sullivan Memorial Park in Cora by the Mayor of Cork County, Councillor Gillian Coughlin, and Professor O'Sullivan's widow, Breda, along with members of his family. And I know uh, John Paul covered this event last week in, in advance of it happening on Sunday the keynote speaker was the wonderful immunologist author and broadcast personality that we've all fallen in love with since COVID Professor Luke O'Neill but of course Professor O'Sullivan uh, very much remembered on Sunday for his world-renowned clinical expertise and his belief in the power of research to mould a better future for people with uh, cancer. And it was back in 2014 that the Cora community created a Science Through Nature themed recreational park and it was named in in his honour, in Professor O'Sullivan's uh, honour, to preserve his memory and in order to inspire future generations. And then eight years later the very same community came together to commission this life-size sculpture of the late Professor and it was created by sculpture Dan Crone who by all accounts has done a terrific job because everybody who was there on Sunday and anyone that I've certainly seen commenting on social media, everybody says by all accounts it's just such a great likeness of Professor O'Sullivan and there's always a worry when one of these sculptures or statues are made that it won't look like the person but by all accounts this is an incredible likeness of Professor Jerry O'Sullivan and of course his own uh, daughter uh, Orla 
Dolan. She's continuing his work because she's CEO of the Breakthrough Cancer Research. And Breakthrough Cancer Research is one of the charities that's going to benefit from next Friday's Midsummer Ball, the one that's been organised by the Mayor of Cork County, Councillor Gillian uh, Coughlin. It's uh, one of these glitzy black tie affairs that's going to be held in County Hall that I have the great honour of going along to on Friday night and actually I'm, I've got the, the privilege of focusing on the charities that are going to benefit from that night. It's the Breakthrough uh, Breast Cancer but it's also the Irish Red Cross, the Bandon Branch and then the wonderful uh, West Cork Women Against Violence Project who've been doing incredible work for the last uh, 20 odd uh, years so that's going to be quite a stunning night at uh, County Hall next uh, Friday. Uh, but lovely to see a big, big turnout for that statue honouring the late Professor Jerry O'Sullivan. 0818 103 103. Our lines are open. C103 Jobs. The St Vincent de Paul are looking for a shop manager. Now it's for part-time relief work to cover locations experiencing staff shortages and they're experiencing staff shortages throughout Cork City and County. You can apply through the SVP website under vacancies. Dohalo Community Food Services are looking for a chef or kitchen supervisor based in Newmarket CVs. Please to lynda.o'connor at dohalofoodservices.ie. A teleporter driver wanted for a construction site in Cork's Southside. CVs to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. And a childbinder stroke housekeeper wanted in the Ballinagree McCroom area. It's to look after four primary school children starting in late August. Call 086 3987071. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. My next guest this morning is an award-winning interiors and lifestyle blogger who is a lover of upcycling, recycling and making the old new again. Catherine Carton of Dainty Dress Diaries has just published her first book which contains 50 beautiful home crafting projects and I'm delighted to say Catherine joins me this morning. Good morning to you Catherine. Oh good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show this morning. Well it's a real pleasure and I have to say when this book arrived on my desk it is absolutely stunning. It's a hardback book. you. You must be thrilled with the way it's turned out. Yeah I'm delighted and you know what so many of them projects um, I have done like I never thought they were going to end up in a book if that makes sense because obviously like I've been creating content on my blog and YouTube for like a couple of years now so when I was doing those projects at the time like I was just doing them because I for the fun and I enjoy you know the whole photography and creating content and the things as well as doing the projects so to see them all put together in a book and in my hand it was just it's still a bit mad I'm in that like new book bubble um, it hasn't kind of sunk in just yet. Well it's terrific and, and I have a feeling it's going to be hugely hugely successful for you. Now where does your love of crafts come from? So 
I would have kind of been a crafty kid, but like a lot of people, when you go kind of into secondary school and college, you're kind of encouraged to be a bit more practical and the paintbrushes kind of get put away. And um, it wasn't until I, when I was 25, I had bought my house. But like a lot of people who buy their house and especially the first house, they can't afford nice furniture. And like, that's what happened to me. So that's when I actually reignited my whole kind of creativity thing because I actually, after buying my first house, I didn't have much money left. I literally had enough for the fridge, the kettle <laughs> and the toaster. And But I really wanted like nice things and I wanted my house to kind of like feel like a home. So that's when I started kind of getting into, you know, upcycling, hand-me-down furniture, taking freebies, um, shopping secondhand. And then that kind of grew arms and legs then. And over the past kind of like couple of years, I would have gotten into like, you know, sewing, a little bit of woodworking and the gardening. So creativity, it kind of just grows arms and legs, like the seed gets planted and then it just kind of takes off from there. But it originally just started because I couldn't afford nice things for my house, but I still wanted to them yeah <laughs> needs must now do, do you must. yeah and do, do you believe anyone can do many of the projects that are contained in your book oh absolutely because I everyone is a beginner and I think it's great to have a beginner's mindset when you are doing something and you're like it's like your brain starts working in a different way because you're a beginner you have some challenges along the way but you also get that lovely sense of like satisfaction afterwards when you you know paint something or if you find something like an escape or like my kitchen for example like I one of the first big projects I did in my house was painting the kitchen cabinets because I had that brown dark MDF kitchen bog standard kitchen and I remember painting it like a sage green and I was so empowered afterwards because all it cost me was like probably 50 quid on supplies in the tin of paint and primer and I had this lovely like transformed room afterwards and it didn't cost me loads and I was able to like do it myself so you feel kind of empowered as well when you kind of tackle those jobs for yourself. And all of this Catherine is so good for the environment isn't it all this upcycling and recycling? Yeah and Obviously, like I was doing it because, you know, I I couldn't, you know, afford. But then actually I was like, God, this is quite like, you know, sustainable because I actually have pieces in my house that I have upcycled and like changed them again. So like my kitchen table, I remember I got my kitchen table on four chairs off a secondhand website for 50 quid. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. and I had painted the chairs and I had painted the table but I was like actually a couple of years later I was like 
I'm kind of bored of the table and I want that raw wood effect. So off I came with my heat gun and I took the paint off and I had my sander and straight away I had a brand new table and I had that whitewashed, lovely cottagey look. But I actually just, it was the same piece of furniture, but it's after having like two lives since I got it secondhand. So if you, if your style changes over time, which it does and you like, there is trends when it comes to you know interiors but you don't have to go out and like buy a whole new set of you know fabrics and furniture you can actually just tweak what you already have um if your style does kind of change along the way and is it very much trial and error if it doesn't work the first time then try again try again and also your mistakes are your biggest lesson so i always say that about sewing like your your best lesson is when your machine isn't threaded properly and you are actually making mistakes when you can persevere and just follow through you're not going to do it again and I always tell people just to master the basics so if it is you know maybe painting a piece of furniture do pay attention like I have in the back of my book I have some tips for painting and getting it right the first time so you absolutely you can like go ham on something with a paintbrush but I would take a little bit of time just to master the basics in something and then you can go on and you can like try and get it right you know the first time but I do encourage mistakes because that is kind of how you learn like some of the first little woodwork projects I made I mean the, the edges aren't perfect but like I made it and I'm proud of it well done. but um, you, you practice some persistence yeah and isn't it great to do some of these craft projects with the children we're about to head into the long summer holidays uh, secondary schools already broken up but the, the primary school children will be breaking yeah. up soon It's and you know we don't always get the fine weather that the children can be out and about and they're going to be no. in <laughs> under your feet all day brilliant I was going to the projects in your book that you could do with the kids yeah so one of them that's quite good is the milk carton um, project so it's just a milk carton some lollipop sticks now I did have a fabric liner in mind but you could totally tweak take the idea and tweak it and you could like do that with kids and you could just swap out some of the materials that I've used in any of the projects like you could do that with kids but maybe instead of using a glue gun just use PVA glue Um, instead of using you know if it's sewing you could maybe like do some hand sewing or something for the older kind of teenagers things like that so you can kind of tweak the projects as well to kind of suit their skill level now you've got lots of ideas for the garden i love your teacup bird feeders oh yeah (laughs) tell me about them do you know what i'm mad for getting nature into the garden because i'm all about the kind of like pest control so I've got a hedgehog who looks after the slugs and then I'm always trying to feed the birds because I've noticed that they do be eating the little like whatever does be on the plants like the aphids I've noticed the birds come in and eat them so I'm always trying to encourage wildlife into the garden but the teacup bird feeders are great so if you do have like any old tiny teacups maybe you see them in a charity shop and to be honest I love a mug of tea so drinking from a teacup (laughs) isn't practical for me I like a good mug so I just think they're absolutely adorable so you can turn them into little teacup bird feeders and that's a nice project and I have like a tree in my garden that I hang a couple of quirky things off so I have like little teapot bird feeder teacup bird feeders and then my niece has like little fairy garden trinkets and stuff so if you have it in a little sheltered area you can make a little kind of if you do have like kids who are into like their fairy gardens and their little magical corners you can use them as decoration but they're also 
practical and the birds do eat for them and yeah. um, they do take the seed oh, from great. them. That's well. and, great and they look fantastic and many of us have bee hotels in our gardens. You have a great yeah, chapter about make your own. Yeah, so the solitary bees. So I was actually reading a really good book on bees last week. I was on the bus coming home and I was bet into this book about bees. So there's so many different like varieties of like solitary bees. Um, and I think we all think about like, you know, the honeybee, but actually most of the bees that kind of come into our garden are the solitary ones. So if you can create different different kind of nesting areas in your garden um, just to give them somewhere to kind of either hibernate in winter or use as nests um, during the summer. So I made a bee hotel and one thing when I was researching about bee hotels, some of the ones that you can buy in shops can actually do some harm if they're not cleaned out properly. So if you are making, you know, a bee hotel, you have to make sure um, that you check it in winter, make sure there's no mites in it um, or any kind of like, you know, insects or anything that's going to harm the bee. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to make one for my garden just again to encourage the bees to come in. I currently have potatoes and I've got tomatoes growing in the garden. So I'm all about the pollinators trying to get me out tomatoes, pollinators so um yeah all of the pollinators it's another way to bring kind of nature into the garden and it also looks cute as well and you I, I what I love about the book is you can turn anything into a piece of art one of my favorites <laughs> the old bicycle wheel oh yes Oh, I love the bike wheels. And actually, I was at Bloom last week and I saw they had bike wheels used on like a fence. They had them lined up and I was like, oh, no, that's an upgrade of of my bike wheel idea. So, um, yeah, I remember I was out on my walk one evening and I saw this bike frame like a wheel in a ditch like in in the side as rubbish and I was like oh god I could do something with that but I remember I was too scarlet because it was a bright evening and I said I'll come back for that in the morning on the way to work when there's no one around because I don't want to carry a bike wheel home with me people be like what's she walking home with a bike wheel <laughs> so I went back the next morning and I got this bike wheel and I was so excited. I went into the girls and work and I was like, you never guess what I'm after again. And sure, they were well used to my rubbish um, hunting at the time. I was like, a bike wheel. And they were like, what are you going to do with that? So I turned it into like a wreath and sprayed it, turned it into a wreath, turned it into this like lovely... Um, floral display and I remember I shared it to like Pinterest forgot all about it and then I was looking at like my Pinterest stats at the time and like two million people had like repinned this bike wheel and people were sharing their little bike wheel wreaths as well and I was like that's like just amazing what you can do with like a bit of rubbish um, and also I've seen people turn bike wheels into like little chandeliers in their garden like hanging lights off them and it's just like another cool feature to have um, you can have it in the garden or it's a great one for weddings as well you can use it um, I've seen people using the bike wheels spray them with like a bit of spray paint and they'll put like the table plans on it mm. so if you're into that kind of rustic look and um, yeah loads of things you can do with them and again you're saving the environment it was stuck in a in a hedge that, you know that somebody else would have to come along and, and Clean yeah. it up, you know, it's so, 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 so well done. Your pom-pom cushion is a joy to behold and I love the inspiration <laughs> behind it. Tell me how you came up with the idea for this. So I was in a very fancy shop in London and I was just browsing and I saw this cushion and I was like, that is lovely. And when you are in fancy shops, the first thing I do is I look at the price tag <laughs> and it was extortionate 
I was like, oh, you'd have to call the guards because that's robbery to pay that for a cushion. So I was like, okay, I can take the idea and I can make it own. So I was like, I can make that. So a few weeks had passed and I was like, you know what, I'm going to have a shot and make my own pom-pom cushion. And um, all it cost me was like a couple of rolls of wool and making the pom-poms. And then I do have a project in the book as well about just how to make a simple envelope cushion. So you make your envelope cushion and then you just stick your pom-poms onto it. And that's how the, the pom-pom cushion came to be. And that pom-pom cushion, certainly when we're talking about something for children to do, that would, that children would absolutely uh, love it. And Catherine, yeah, do, and, you, do, you, do you believe spending time doing crafts actually relaxes you? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think during like, you know, 2020, 2021, when a lot of us kind of at home, the first kind of thing people were doing was, you know, we were making the banana bread, you know, a lot of people got into gardening, a lot of people, you know, doing the tie dye projects and from chatting to people as well, now that we are kind of getting a bit back to, you know, normality, a lot of people were saying that they want to kind of maintain doing some of their crafts while they might not be able to do it as much as they were during the lockdowns, but that with things going back to normal, they are feeling still a, oh, a little overwhelmed and they are kind of using creativity as their kind of little escapism and like it, you can be mindful and I always encourage people to like put the phone down you know do your little crafty project you can take a picture of it at the end if you want to share it with people because when you do make things you do get that buzz where you want to be like look what I made and you want to show people but I do encourage people to you know put the phone down and get engrossed in whatever it is you're doing whether it's you know a bit of gardening or if you are doing a sewing project or if you are kind of like you know upcycling something um, but 100% like whenever I'm in the height of it I love just going out cutting the grass and just getting a bit of grounding or something but well, yeah absolutely Well done the book is a joy and you've been an absolute joy uh, to chat with today oh, Catherine good luck with it and somebody saying what's the name of the book the book is called Dainty Dress Diaries uh, by Catherine Carton and it is published by O'Brien uh, Press Thank you Catherine good luck with the book and I have a funny feeling it'll be Thank the first so of much. many Thanks for joining us <laughs> Bye-bye, bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, Isn't she lovely? That is uh, Catherine Carton. And really, the book is just exquisite. It really, really is uh, exquisite. We wish her luck with it. 0818 103 103. John Paul, taking your calls. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Cork Summer Show is set to return to the showgrounds in Curraheen after a two-year hiatus on the weekend of June 18th and 19th. The annual two-day agricultural show which returns after a break forced by the COVID-19 pandemic has been a fixture of Cork's calendar since its debut back in 1806 to preview this year's show. I'm joined by Robert Harkin who is the Munster Agricultural Show President. Uh, Good morning to you Robert. Good morning, Patricia. How are you this morning? Well, I'm very well and and you're welcome. Now, people have really missed the Cork uh, Summer Show because of that. Are you expecting big numbers this year? We are. We we missed it ourselves, Patricia. You know, it's been a big loss to us uh, that we haven't been able to run it for the last two years because of COVID. But thank God now we're back on track and the excitement is uh, huge for it this year. Um, I think because people have missed it and haven't had been out and about, uh, it's fantastic. So entries have been flying in for all the competitions. We're, we're, we've extended the closing date to t- this Thursday because of the amount of interest that we have um, in, in, in entries for all the different classes, you know, from 
home crafts to baking to photography to all sorts of things animals um you name it cattle sheep it's it, it's all happening so um we're, we're really excited about this year and uh the interest online has been huge so we're expecting big numbers maybe in excess of 50,000 over the two days brilliant brilliant uh, and of course the cork summer show it's very much an event for all of the family from the young to you know you can bring from the baby in the buggy to granny can, can go along to <laughs> that's, that, that's yeah. our own thing and it's like you know from the baby in the buggy exactly to granny and it's you know it's a lovely clean level area you know you can see everything it's 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 there's something there for everybody you know from the floral art to cattle to you know face painting to you know there's so many different things that go on in the show um that we find the families come with their with their parents and their children you know and and, and they find they have a fabulous day out and there's lovely food and and, and things to eat and and, and to, to to see there and it, it attracts people from both city and right across the county. Yeah, I suppose we we were formerly down uh, near Parky Keeve uh, in the former showground, but we moved to Corraheen, um in maybe ten years ago now at this stage, and we've been running our show successfully there. And it's it's a fabulous location. It's just off the motorway and very accessible. So we're we're between Cork City and Ballincollig. So we have the city on one side of us, and we have we have Ballincollig on the other side of us. And then you you get people from all over then coming from all over the county from all over the country and even from abroad to take part in some of the competitions that we have um, Probably an unfair question but what do you see as some of this year's highlights? Oh, <laughs> that, that's very hard to call that you know yeah. I, I suppose the family element of it you know that there's so much to do for all age groups you know even you know like we, we see our like our, our our urban people coming like our city and, and and people coming to out to see and they see cattle that you'd never see and they're turned out pristinely for the competitions um on on saturday we have the the the, the pony shows the various different pony shows pony games and so on and they're really exciting and on saturday then we are on and we have the cattle as well on saturday and then on sunday we have poultry which is back um which is fantastic Fantastic. We've, you know, there's huge interest in in poultry out there. Lots of people have chickens now and do their own eggs and so on at home. And there's a huge range of those there. Um, and then we have the horses and the sheep as well on Sunday. But then you know, we have vintage cars, vintage tractors, vintage fire brigades, all that type of thing there. Um, the floral art display, that the the the, the um, art and craft section. There's so much to the whole thing. Um, you know, like I could spend an hour just going yeah, down to the. There's, everything in the and that's, you know, that's the point that there is uh, something there for, for everyone and the Taste Cork Food Market is that back? That is back yeah, yeah. very much so like, which, 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 which is fantastic the other thing that we have we have lovely bands and music live on stage on Saturday and Sunday uh, for all different age groups you know and that's a big kind of attraction for children we lay out some straw bales and they sit out in those and watch the bands and, and it, it's really a nice um, atmosphere there as such And for people who will be travelling from the county areas uh, Robert I'm assuming ample parking Oh vast we 50 acres of parking um, we also have the benefit of um, park and ride from the Black Ash 
and from Ballancolic Shopping Centre. And the 208 bus, uh, which travels all around the city, at the, um, an orbital bus in Cork City, has extended its route to come to us uh, at Corraheen. So you can get on the 208 bus anywhere in the city and it will bring you to the Cork Summer Show and bring you home again, which is, which is fantastic. We were talking earlier on the programme about rising insurance uh, premiums, particularly for, for festivals and shows and events. I'm, I'm assuming your insurance costs are as huge as, uh, as they have. Else. They have. We, we've been very lucky. We're, we're, we're under the Show Society um, um, insurance and we have some other insurance ourselves as well. And, you know, it's look, it's one of these costs that you just have to have to carry. You know, we, we've, 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 we've tried to keep the ticket price as, 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 as normal as possible. It's 20 euros, uh, you know, like it's 60 or 80 quid to go to a match. We have all day for Saturday for 20 quid or Sunday the same and, and children under 12 go free so oh, the family cost isn't it's good value like you get a lot of entertainment for I, I won't say small money but for reasonable money yeah yeah and tickets are they on sale in advance or on sale on the day both we have them online and we have them if you just go to corksummershow.com you can you can actually buy your tickets online um, and you can buy them at the gate on the way in as well Okay, and just fingers crossed for fine weather. How have you over oh, the yeah. uh, over the years? <laughs> how, how have you done weather wise? We, do you know, it's been hit and miss. Uh, yeah. It's very hard. Like we're in the middle of June, near near the longest day of the year. You would hope that it should be good. Do you know? I suppose that the rain that we've had over the last couple of weeks, I can't say raining forever. So we're hoping that we're, we'll have a nice fine day. Yeah. We're, we're hoping that it won't be too hot. Uh, 18, 19 degrees is what we're hoping for. <laughs> The Child of Prague statue will be out the night before, oh, yeah, I'm telling we, you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but we're, we're really looking forward to welcoming everybody. It's going to be a real sort of a fun atmosphere at, at the show. Yeah, and, um, and, and I think I, great for people. I, I know of people who go to the Cork Summer Show every year and they say that they meet people. They might only meet them once a year. And where do you meet them? I, I always meet them up at the Summer Show, which I think the is, yeah, there's something lovely about that. So we, it's, we, it's fantastic. Yeah, And you know the other side of it, like you'd meet your neighbour there that yeah. you'd hardly meet during your working busy day yeah. and you'd meet your neighbours and the kids would meet each other from school and so on so it, it is really nice sort of a venue and a relaxed a real relaxed atmosphere there Yeah and you, as you say you meet them when you're not working you're not busy and everybody is relaxed and it is it is time to have a chat so it, so it is it is fantastic Listen it's brilliant to have it back Cork Summer Show Showgrounds in Corraheen the weekend of June 18th and 19th We wish you the best of luck with it uh, Robert because I know a lot of work goes in to organising events like this so we really are encouraging people uh, to go along but thank you for joining us on the programme this morning Thank you Patricia thank you we look forward to seeing you all there Take Good care. morning Bye-bye. to you Bye bye that is uh, Robert Harkin who is the Munster Agricultural Show President 0818 103 103 a reminder that all this week we've teamed up with Foot Solutions who are proud to be celebrating 15 years in Cork Free Your Feet the rest will follow. And they have very kindly given us a €150 Foot Solutions gift card and we have one to give away every day this week. In the next hour, I will play a little 15-second audio clip. It's from an event that would have happened 
sometime during the last 15 years. You have to work out what the event is and then we will need you to text or WhatsApp the answer along with your name and address to 0862 103 103 and we will be doing that after in the next hour after news at 12. Your chance to win €150 foot solutions gift card. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Foot Solutions, they are proud to be celebrating 15 years in Cork this year. Feel your feet, the rest will follow. And they've kindly given us every day this week a €150 Foot Solutions gift card. We're going to play a 15-second clip from an event that happened somewhere during the last 15 years. For today, for example, we are going back to 2010. And 2010 was the year that RTE launched a new TV series that drew huge audiences and actually went on to be sold worldwide. The storyline was all about Dublin's gangland lifestyles. Here's a clip. Yeah, that's for you. A seven day. And now all you're another ten, I'll get it for you before you get the boat. Cheers, man. I need the rest is cash flow to myself till I get sorted. So where are you gonna go? I'm thinking Spain or Amsterdam, I don't know. Spain, I'd say. Now, there you go. What was the name of that RTE series that started in 2010? I need you to text or WhatsApp the name of the series along with your name and address to 0862103103. We'll leave the text and the WhatsApp open for about 10 minutes and then we will select today's winner of the €150 Foot Solutions gift card. Name the RTE series that's had huge audience about Dublin's gangland lifestyle. Yeah, that's for you. A seven day. And now all you another ten, I'll get it for you before you get the boat. Cheers, man. Need the rest is cash flow myself till I get sorted. So where are you going to go? I'm thinking Spain or Amsterdam, I don't know. OK, get to... Spain, I'd say. Text and WhatsApp only, please. 0862 103 103 for your chance to win the €150 Euro Foot Solutions gift card today. Now, some of your texts in. Hi, Patricia. Would you give a mention to the fantastic play Flags, which is currently on at the Cork Arts Centre? It's a great play and they deserve to be supported after the rough time they've had over the last few years. Great night out and a great cast. And that's actually a play that we featured here on the programme a couple of weeks ago. It's by a young theatre company, Red and Blue Theatre Company and I was joined in studio by Dylan and uh, Jenny uh, who actually set up Red and Blue uh, Theatre Company and they were talking all about it's a comedy. It's uh, Bridget O'Connor's award winning comedy called The Flags and I'm only too thrilled to give it another mention. It is still running at the Cork Arts Centre. It opened last Tuesday the 31st of May and it runs through up to and including this coming Saturday. Saturday the 11th of June at 8pm uh, and it is one of those very funny plays that comes highly recommended and you can book tickets at the Cork Arts uh, Theatre. They have a booking office 021450 or you can book tickets online Cork Arts theatre.com. That's the flags. Uh, we wish them continued good luck with that and glad to know that whoever that listener is really enjoyed going along to see it. Morning Patricia, could you please find out why the County Council are refusing to cut the grass in housing estates here in Churchtown. The grass is so high it's tickling parts of my body it shouldn't be tickling. 
Uh, that's from uh, Pat. Okay, we'll get on to the council to find out. Now, you, you're, it's not just the estates in Churchtown. I've noticed everywhere. I thought it was something to do with for the bee population. Wasn't there a campaign to not mow the grass during May? And I'm assuming that's one of the reasons that the council, it's kind of an environmental issue as well. It's good for the bee uh, population. But we'll check out and find out because some of the grasses are getting very, very tall indeed. And particularly if it's an area where the children might like to get out and play on the green if the grass is, is too high they're certainly not able to get out and cook a fo- kick a football about and play outside and we're all we're, we're doing so much to try to encourage young children to get out and about so we'll, we'll put um, we'll send a, an email off to Cork County Council and find out when are they planning to start cutting the grasses these this is the areas that the County Council cut because we know over the years they've stopped cutting certain areas and it's up to I know for example in our own the housing estate where I live the council used to always cut it in a number of years ago they said no you got to do it yourself so there's kind of a we all chip in everybody in the estate all 26 houses in the state we chip in some money every year and we have somebody coming in to, to cut it and that's the way it is in many housing estates but the council still cut the grass in a lot of areas so we'll try to find out what are their plans for grass cutting this year Pat and we will revert back to you thank you for your text to 0862103103 on the wearing of masks on planes when I was talking about when I was travelling and we needed to wear masks and Ryanair were insisting that you couldn't board the plane unless you had your mask on and it was causing consternation because not everybody had a mask with them and there was people running around and you couldn't buy a mask in Dublin Airport anywhere near the boarding uh, gates. So there was people beg, stealing and borrowing masks at, at one stage. John and Clonacilty says, Patricia, hi, I saw online on last Friday, if you are from a Eurozone country, you don't need a COVID digital cert. And that came in since Friday. Is that true? I, I simply don't know, John, because they change those. All of the rules and regulations seem to change almost on a weekly, sometimes on a daily basis. My advice all the time is to people, check the destination you're going to, but you also need to check the airline you're travelling with because everybody seems to have different rules and regulations. So it is possibly quite true that the EU are saying you don't need the COVID certs, but then it will be up to individual countries and airlines to decide whether they're going to go with those new rules or not. The last thing you need, and particularly if you've had a stressful time getting through the airport, the last thing you need is as you're about to board to discover that you don't have the mask or you don't have a COVID certificate or I've heard I know a number of weeks ago I heard of a family who landed in Spain and one of the children didn't have a COVID certificate and they refused entry to one of the it was a teenage uh, child so you don't want that kind of a thing going wrong on a holiday either so you do uh, certainly on the week you're travelling anywhere you need to check what are their rules and regulations Liz in Killarney says that she flew to London last week with Ryanair from Farron 4 she said it was compulsory during the flight out to wear a mask but she said coming back it didn't seem to be nobody was wearing masks yeah and I have to say I have to say it was the same with us coming back from Ibiza we all had to wear them going out coming back we were told at the gate we needed to wear them but as soon as we got on the plane nobody seemed to have a mask on on the plane coming back so flying back into the country they didn't seem to be as strict about it and then a couple of people are on about the road deaths and the dreadful tragedy on our roads over the weekend and actually talking of tragedies can I just pass on and I know the the funeral mass uh, is probably wrapped up at this stage um in Mill Street, can I just pass on my deepest, deepest uh, sympathies to Gillian Daly, that um, young woman in in her forties, young mother, 
and uh, um, who who tragically uh, died after the car she was driving was submerged in the water off Kennedy Key last uh, Friday night and uh, her funeral is taking place uh, today. I know the funeral mass was in Mill Street and she's been uh, buried then this afternoon in uh, Kinsale. Just my deepest, deepest sympathy to all of the family on the death of Gillian Daly and certainly online there was just a huge outpouring of love and sympathy and condolences and people talking about uh, Gillian and recalling, you know, her classmates and friends of hers, you know, describing her as just a lovely person, always at a smile, so intelligent, so uh, beautiful. What a great, great loss to first and foremost to her family but also to her community. May she rest in peace. That is uh, Gillian Daly, originally a native of Mill Street but has been living in recent years in the Douglas uh, area. And Tim was on to say with so many deaths on our roads over the weekend surely at this stage the Garda authorities need to start sending new recruits out on the roads on motorbikes to monitor driving habits. Tim feels it's speed and people rushing that's causing a lot of the accidents we're experiencing at the moment and he gives an example of the road where he lives. He has to back into the driveway of his house and he says on numerous occasions of late whenever he's trying to back in if a car comes along people just don't seem to have patience anymore. People are blowing the horn at him telling him to hurry up and he said people just seem to be rushing and racing at the moment. He lives on a busy road between Watercross Hill and Carrick Tool and he said it is like a race track every day. He also cites the massive trucks that are on our motorways allowed to do 120 kilometres per hour which is the same speed that a car is allowed to do on a motorway. He said surely that needs to be looked at and the trucks shouldn't be allowed to travel at 120 kilometres per hour. I thought they had to go at a slower speed. Are they allowed to do 120 miles per hour on motorways? Anyway, speed is what Tim is pointing the finger of blame at. And Anne in Clonakilty said she also was really saddened listening to all the road uh, deaths on your news over the weekend during the weekend and said they went to the Cork City Marathon her son was taking part and she said great day out and the weather was was a bit uh, miserable but then they went on they had something to eat and they were heading back to West Cork after their day out in the, the city she noticed on slip roads in the city where there was traffic merging onto major road roadways cars were trying to overtake them even though Anne said you know they were being extremely careful they were coming up coming off a slip road she said you couldn't move until you had a clear line of sight but she said on two occasions cars went to drive around them to pull out onto the road she said it's like everyone is in a constant rush to nowhere and she also feels that that's why so many accidents are uh, happening and let's, let's let us take time to remember that seven deaths occurred on our roads since Thursday, the kind of the start of the bank holiday weekend. And I know they've been described as tragic by the Assistant Garda Commissioner who, with responsibility for road policing. That's uh, Paula Hillman. She went on, obviously, to express her condolences to the families of those uh, victims. The latest incident was a man in his early 20s. He was killed in the early hours of yesterday morning. There was a single vehicle collision at uh, Ballyneti. Then that his death came after two men in their 70s were killed. That was following a three-car collision in County Sligo that happened on Sunday evening. And then two men who had travelled from the UK... They, that was that crash that was on the M50 in Dublin on Friday afternoon. One was a man in his 60s 
from Oxford and the other was a man in his late 50s from Northampton. I'm assuming they were over here on some kind of a a motorbike trip. They were both riding northbound on the motorway near Junction 9. Now it's understood one of the motorbikes connected with the other and the two men then crashed onto the road and God help us but the driver of the truck which was behind them was unable to avoid them and he was in collision with them. Imagine what that poor man is going through. And then on Saturday afternoon there was a man in his 40s uh, died and two other motorcyclists suffered very serious injuries. That was in a collision with a car at Clifton in County Kilkenny and then last Thursday morning a man in his 60s died in a single vehicle collision and that was one of our own. That was a death in uh, Dunmanway when his van crashed. The man was named locally as John O'Brien who is a married father of one from Dunmanway. So the weekend deaths uh, brings to 77 the number of people who have died on our roads so far this year and if you compare that to the same period last year it was 48 deaths so that's a huge rise from 48 to 77 the RSA chairperson Liz O'Donnell said the RSA has noticed in the last year she describes it as a cavalier attitude to speed limits. She said, especially in zones like 50 kilometre zones and 80 kilometre zones, she says in a 50 kilometre area, motorists were putting very vulnerable road users such as pedestrians, motorcyclists and children at risk, while 80 kilometres, that covers rural roads where many fatal crashes uh, occur. So definitely Liz O'Donnell at the Road Safety Authority chairperson agreeing with some of our listeners is there that speed is uh, the issue but they are all there are seven families who are without loved ones um, you know they won't be there for birthdays or anniversaries for Christmas and just their lives will never be the same again so we think of all of those poor people who lost their lives but also very much thinking of the families left behind to pick up the pieces 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie Now the Cork Knitters Group they're currently knitting hats, scarves and gloves for charity organisations and they're appealing for donations of all type of knitting wool If you have any leftover wool that you know you won't be using you might like to drop it into the Kayla Family Resource Centre there at Bathview in Mallow. Uh, you can contact Pauline for further details 087 433 5047. Flower and Garden Club are hosting Melanie Harris giving a demonstration entitled Create Your Own Sunshine. It's on Tuesday evening at 8pm tonight in Adair Hall in Fomoy. All are welcome and admission is €10. Euro. And Shambhali Moore Bingo is on tonight at 8 with a jackpot of €2,050. Euro. 45 calls or less, all are welcome. And Ballinhasic Community Development Association will hold a fundraising Kaylee in the Marion Hall this Friday night. Dancing is to Andrew O'Connell and Huey Kennedy from 9.30 to 12.30 and admission will be €10, including teas. 
Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. And you can stop texting and WhatsApping for our Foot Solutions gift card. The piece of audio that we played, of course, was from the RTE series Love, Hate, which was hugely successful and hard to believe that that first aired in 2010. And our Foot Solutions winner of a €150 Foot Solutions gift card today is Christine O'Neill from Ballinady. Congratulations to you. Christine O'Neill, Ballinady has won for herself €150 to spend at Foot Solutions. Free your feet, the rest will follow. And they're celebrating 15 years in Cork. We will have more of those gift vouchers to give away every day this week. And thank you to a number of people who pointed out when we mentioned about speeding on our roads and somebody was saying about trucks on motorways doing 120 kilometres per hour the same speed as uh, cars. If they are doing it, then they shouldn't be doing it because a number of people have pointed out, including Mark, that HGVs are limited to 90 kilometres on uh, motorways. And actually somebody else sent me a chapter and verse on it about 90 kilometres and on other roads. Dennis, thank you, Dennis. Are you allowed to do 80 kilometres and he's also pointed out that single and double decker buses and coaches who are carrying people they are they've got to go slower as well so thank you for uh, that Uh, John says Patricia regarding the road deaths on our roads I see people here in my own local village people coming out of the pubs and getting into cars driving home Uh, we never see checkpoints around our speed checks anymore it's no wonder road accidents and road deaths are so high it's simple put the guards out on the roads if they can have some fresh air at the same time, says uh, John, and we need more speed checks. And, you know, when you're saying you see people coming out of the pubs and getting into, into your cars, you know, people can be in a pub and not drinking either, John. You know, they could be the designated driver. So I'm always slow to jump in and say everybody coming out of a pub getting into a car unless you actually know that somebody has had a tank full of uh, drink. I'm very slow to criticise people because lots of people go to pubs and they don't drink and they'll be the designated driver for that that occasion. But I think on the speed, everyone is talking about the speed, saying something needs to be done about the speeding on our roads and it's the speeding that is causing so many of our deaths. Elizabeth and Charles says, I agree, speed is a massive issue. Any road on roadway, if you're going 100 kilometres per hour, you have to pull in to let cars overtake you. So you can imagine what speed they're doing and that's on roads where you're not meant to be doing more than 100 kilometres per hour. So yes, if you're motoring along at 100 kilometres per hour and somebody goes to overtake you, they are of course breaking the speed uh, limit. So lots and lots of people pointing to that, that it is speed that is killing. And then John in Cove was on to say in his opinion, John feels that in the morning rush hour traffic in particular, he sees female drivers applying makeup. He said 90% of people I see in the mornings are doing this of the female drivers that he comes uh, across. If they're not applying makeup, then they're on their mobile phones. Why do female drivers insist on applying their makeup while driving at the same time? John needs to be a band, says John in a cove. I don't know when I last saw somebody. I have, I have to say, I have witnessed females when you're parked at tra- traffic lights in particular, maybe just checking in the mirror and seeing that the lipstick needs to be topped up. I, I've witnessed it. I've also, though, witnessed, haven't seen male drivers putting on lipstick. I have witnessed male drivers. I see way more male drivers holding a mobile phone while on 
while driving than I've seen females applying makeup while driving. But John reckons he's been watching it and he reckons that that's is a big, big problem in the mornings. Anybody else notice that? And is it just in the morning time, girls rushing out to work and haven't put on their makeup and decide to do it in the car? And then the uh, there's a listener is commenting on, remember we had a, wasn't it a text that we had in from a listener who asked me, Pat, who asked if we could find out when is the council going to start cutting the grass in housing estates? He's in Churchtown and he said the grass has gone particularly high and he's wondering when the council is going to come out and uh, cut it. Well, one listener feels that people who live in, families that live in, people that live in council housing estates, they should be made cut their own green areas. We who live in private estates have to do it. Why should the council be cutting the grass in the council estates? The people living there should cut it themselves. Now, I don't know how that's going to go down with people who live in council houses, but this listener feels because people in private estates have to get their grass cut, either do it themselves or pay somebody to do it. Why should people who live in council housing estates, social housing, why should they have their grass cut by the council? 0818 103 103. John Paul continues to take your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Jean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Boherbury, joining me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia, and, and I hope that you had a nice time in Spain, even if your departing and your arrival <laughs> weren't marvellous. Well, I hope the in-between was great. Uh, I'll tell you the next time I'm flying from Cork, I don't care where, I, where I have to go, I'm going out of Cork. Yep. Okay, tomorrow, now this is the eve of the state exams, mm. and I mentioned this earlier when I was teeing up the programme with Ken on, on the breakfast show. I can still remember how I felt this day when on the eve of my particularly my leaving cert it's just one of those things that never really leaves us we all remember the anxiety and the stress of it and now you look back and think what was that all uh, about but it can be a very nerve-wracking day today for, for the students yeah I can remember my own one when I did it all wrong I was in the sitting room at home uh, surrounded by A4 pages on the floor um, and, uh, you know, doing it, doing it all wrong. Because I would like to say to students today, you know more than you think you know. Yeah, yeah. You'll find that out when you're doing the thing. Um, because sometimes we try to bring to uh, mind all the stuff. And, I mean, that's impossible. So what you find is that when you're in there and when you look at whatever uh, question you've decided to do first, you'll find that you will be writing and that that will be okay. So there's for tonight, like, for example, in, don't dream of doing new stuff or reading chapters. Um, it would be like bullet points, um, just little reminders. One word can remind us of we would write a whole paragraph or two on it, just bullet points. So, you know, reduce it down to that. And then tomorrow, I would say, after each exam, leave it there. Don't be holding postmortems and saying, oh, my God, I should have written that. There will be ones that you've written down that are very telling and good points. 
And there will be the odd one that you might be saying, oh, I should have written that. But there's no point. It's like, move on to the next um, exam, yeah. The next exam, yeah, you and, know. And try not to have the post-mortem with your friends going, what did you put yeah. for that? What you? Because that, again, can get into your head. Oh, I didn't put the right thing down. Just, yeah. it's behind you. You can't do anything about it. Focus on the next exam. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then tonight... Um, tonight then, like, to check check your equipment, like, would be a very sensible um, preparation. Um, pens, rulers, a drink, um, uh, uh, a watch. Um, you need to... Well, usually the exam hall has a big clock anyway, so that'll be okay. Tissues, um, you know... Um, uh, you don't want distractions. If if the old nose needs to be blown, well, have the tissues to blow it. Um, uh, make sure that you have your exam number and that you have it corrected. Um, and then uh, do a quick little checklist for the morning. Um, have a look over the bullet points like we were saying there and do nothing new. And then maybe a nice shower this evening um, to, you know, um, uh, bed around whatever is your usual time, neither hours before nor hours after. If it's usually around 11, make it 11, approximately. And uh, the the breathing exercises are very important, and we often talk about it, like to breathe in the nose, feeling the tummy expand, hold the breath, and then breathe out the mouth with the shoulders coming down. And if you repeat that often enough, if you relax the body, the mind will follow. So that can be a very good little exercise and quite simple. And you can do that inside in the exam hall as well. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was doing student counselling in UCC um, for years, um, I would have spoken with many a person like who got quite um, upset. Um, inside in the actual exam and um, uh, we would have worked on the breathing and things like that and if they needed a repeat in the autumn um, well they they found that it helped and the feedback was good so the main thing about that is to be able to say it does work now you might say I'm not, I'm not relaxed enough to relax, but um, if you just work at it, it it does work. It it really does. And um, okay, so have everything prepped tonight. So before you go to bed, there isn't the big running around in the morning and looking for pens and stuff. Have everything ready, and then try your best to get your good night's sleep. And then tomorrow morning, up in plenty of time. Do not be putting pressure on yourself in the morning to be late. Exactly. You don't want to be running. Um, you want to be nice and calm, you know. Um, uh, you have your stuff laid out from the night before, so that's okay. Um, uh, so um, you may feel, you will feel, I think, uh, you know, yeah, in my own experience anyway, I, I always felt a little bit uh, uptight. And um I'd be saying, yeah, that's that's exactly what I expected to happen, but I'm okay. I'm well prepared, and when it comes, uh, you know, to it in the exam, 
uh, that little mantra, I know more than I think I know. Um, and we usually do. It's just that um, we're trying to remember um, too many things at once, whereas inside the exam, it's one question at a time, and one can focus on that, and that takes away the kind of um, trying to remember, uh, you know, everything. You don't, you don't need to be writing the second question while you're still writing the first one. So to focus on that one question at a time. And I think it's important in the morning to have uh, a nutritious breakfast. Now, uh, I, I'm, I'm not talking and the full Irish, maybe, but, I mean, maybe it might be no more than a bowl of cereal. It might be, say, a poached egg on toast. Uh, it might be whatever um, uh, would be maybe the usual, but uh, not to say I just can't eat this morning. That would not serve you well. Um, get some, you know, get you need something a bit of into nutrition. you. Yeah, get, yeah. get something uh, into you. And you also suggest avoid hypergroups when you arrive at the exam centre. Absolutely. I mean, um, uh, when you're doing your own thing about, um, uh, you know, relaxing the body and the mind, the last thing you need is people who are jumping up and down and um, all excited and worried and um, because that can be infectious. So, you know, just mind yourself when you arrive. Um, uh, maybe not to arrive too early and maybe definitely don't be late. Yeah, the last yeah. thing you need is it's to be rushing rushed. In. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, and then you, you've got good tips on the on the paper itself. And this, this will be for every paper that you'll be sitting, be you junior cert or uh, leaving cert. And, yeah. and the first one is like, Check the instructions carefully. It's amazing how every year a student will come out will have realised that they didn't do one of the compulsory questions. Like every teacher will tell you that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, read the instructions on the top very carefully. I mean, if it says do one question from each section, for example, well, then do one question from each section and the, avoid coming out and saying, oh, golly, um, I did two out of section one. And I didn't do one out of section three um, because uh, that would mean that there's a whole question missing uh, when it's been corrected. So check the instructions quite carefully. Um, you know, uh, you, you can get words as well like contrast and compare. And just to be careful with the language, contrast is point out the differences, of course, and compare is... Uh, compared the samenesses. So, um, you know, getting something like that uh, wrong uh, can mean that you're really answering a question that you weren't asked at all. And uh, you're not answering the one you were asked. So just be careful. Read the instructions carefully. Um, you know, as I say, how many questions from each section, etc. Like, And then maybe underline the important words in each question. Like, as I just mentioned there, like, if there's compare or if there's contrast, well, underline that word, because then that reminds you you're comparing or you're contrasting, but you know which one you're doing. And so, you, would you suggest that when you, obviously you read the paper, is important, read all of the questions, start with the question that you are most confident about answering? 
Absolutely, because as they say, in most things in life, a good start is half the battle. So if you get into the flow with a question that you, you know, you're very confident about, like that particular, we'll say, right, it starts with English, I know it's paper one, but uh, for example, if you had studied the certain poems, and if you see, great, um, the one that I concentrate on, one of the ones that I concentrated on is on the paper. I'm confident about that. Well, then start with that. Don't be under the impression that you have to start at number one and then go on to number two. You can start at number four if you like, but do label it clearly. Make it quite clear that um, in the margin on the left that you are uh, answering question four. Mm. Um, another good little tip that uh, I came across would be, you know, there's a, a give where you get. If a question has 30 marks, you give it according to your timing plan. But if you have a question that gets 60 marks, well then, um, give more time to that. Uh, you know, I, I suppose that's rather obvious, but um, you don't want to feel that you fill two pages um, to do with the one for 30 points and that that constricted you in time and that you only did three quarters of a page and the one for 60 marks. So kind of give where you get um, time-wise. And always, um, uh, you know... When you leave a bit of space at the end of the question, just move on to a new page. It doesn't matter a hoot that there's a half a page with nothing written on it. That's fine, because you might decide uh, towards the end of the exam that you would like to add a little to question three yeah, or whatever. Yeah, if you have if you've time left over, you you and you have you, a bit you, of space you, to do you it. Go back. Yeah. Okay. And you su- yeah. you you suggest don't waffle. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, be relevant to what you were asked um, rather than um, w- waffling on. Um, and don't forget to de- to um, to, uh, to hydrate um, uh, if it's only sips of water, but do have that at hand because um, if a person becomes dehydrated and naturally we're going to have good weather for the leaving certain juniors that we always do, um, uh, warmish weather, so um, make sure that you do have um, uh, a, a drink. Bottle of yeah, water. and that's why yeah. we're suggesting that tonight you make sure you've got a drink ready uh, to yeah. bring with you uh, uh, tomorrow morning. And then, of course, inside in the room is the invigilator, the person who's monitoring uh, the exams, and they are there to help. If you're confused about something, or they can't give you the answer to a question, but if you're confused about something, put up your hand and ask the invigilator the question. Absolutely, absolutely. And as you say, Patricia, they are there to help. So um, you will get every assistance within the legal limits. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think any of them will sit down and write the answer for you. But, um, yeah, um, you know, if you needed another biro because um, the biro ran out, I mean, to be very simplistic about it, well... There will be spares at hand, and um, you know, don't hesitate to ask. Um, also, um, any difficulty that you're finding you're having within the you know um, legitimate limits of doing an exam, well, be sure and ask the person yeah. who is supervising. That's what they're there for. And yeah. and to the parents, 
lot of patience and tolerance over the next couple of weeks. There might be a bit of door slamming and a bit of moodiness going on and just to be patient with your young son or daughter. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, when any of us is a bit um, uptight about something, um, we can be preoccupied and you would be talking to us and we don't hear what you're saying. Or we can be quite... Um, uh, you know, abrupt maybe with an answer. And they don't mean and, it. They don't mean it. And just to understand that there's nothing all personal right. at all. Mine of information as always. Thank you for that, Joe. Have a lovely week and we'll chat to you next Tuesday. And the same to you, Patricia, and the listeners. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Uh, that is Joe Heffernan, Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Bohobwe. His number is 086-834-8145. And we wish everybody sitting junior cert and leaving cert exams tomorrow. We wish each and every one of them the best of luck. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. And we will be back with you tomorrow morning for Wednesday's edition of the programme at... Uh, 10 o'clock until then I'm Patricia Messenger very good afternoon Court Today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group want great advice? you know who to talk to cmig.ie Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.